0: This podcast is a production of Schweitzer, a United Methodist Church. Transforming lives by making disciples of Jesus Christ. Good morning. Hope you all have had a good holiday season. And uh, if you're like me, you may have overextended yourself a little bit, especially at the dinner table and maybe with some family and friends. And now it's kind of a good time, isn't it, at the beginning of the year to kind of think about our life, to think about how we might simplify things. And today we want to get started by talking about our calendar. How to simplify our calendar. How many of you would like to simplify your calendar? Show of hands. How many of you think it's possible? Not as many hands. Uh, You know, we live at different seasons in our life. We live at times where um, if we've got a six-month-old crying baby that just won't be comforted or if we uh, have other demands on our life... We don't always have as much control in our calendar as we would like. But if we're in that situation, how much more important it is to to begin to take control of the things that we have control over. And so here's a basic supposition that I'm operating with, that we have to believe that we're the boss of our calendar. If we cannot take control of what we put on our calendar, how we live out our lives then these things are going to control us. And we're going to go through life very reactive, without a plan, without being proactive, and without some real thought about what God wants us to do in our life. So that's what we're going to be doing today about simplifying our calendar. And to get started, I want to encourage you to put this in your hand, the Pray, Study, Grow. And on the front of the Pray, Study, Grow, there's a wonderful graphic. This is a great visual that I'd like for you to be thinking about and working with during my message today. I love this visual by Stephen Covey that he offered to the world about 20-some years ago. He is now uh, passed on. But I have found this to be particularly helpful in my own life. And Covey's simple approach is, when you think about all the activities and the busy things that operate your life, which of the quadrants would you put these things in? First, there is... The urgent and important, those things that we have to do, those things that are on our calendar, those things that we have to accomplish uh, today or this week, go to work, go to school, um, take care of the people that are responsible for us, those are urgent and important things, and we all deal with that kind of stuff, and we can't have that stuff go away. The second quadrant are the things that are important, just as important, if not more important, But not urgent. There's not necessarily a deadline. There's not something we just have to do this week. But Quadrant 2 is so essential to to live there, to live most of our time there, because this is the way that we can be proactive. This is the way that we can plan ahead. This is the way that we can be creative. In fact, if you and I are always living in Quadrant 1, running from this place to this place, doing this thing, this thing, overloaded, overextended, overwhelmed, that I think we've confused chronic with crisis. Some of us are always in a sense of crisis in terms of the demands of our life in part uh, because it's a chronic thing. it's, It's a root problem. It's something that we aren't addressing. And so if that's your life, then Think about how can I begin to master some of those things and take control of it. So quadrant two, the things that are not urgent but really important. And then on the bottom part of the page, what's important or not important but urgent? What's not important and not urgent? Uh, What are we doing that's eating away our time? Um, How much time do we spend on the Internet? How much time do we watch television? Uh, How much time are we... uh, answering or creating emails uh, what are we doing with those things in life that seem to be important we got to do them today but are they really important if we don't ever get to do them and what are the things that are eating away at our time that we just aren't able then to address the things that's really critically important so think about living more in quadrant two how do we how do we do that and how do we know what's really important in life now, what I don't want to do is I don't want to, this message to just digress into some kind of self-help message. How do we gain a sense of importance if we're people of faith? Where do we get that sense of importance and significance? Well, we get it from God, right? We get it from the Scriptures, um, in the book of Ephesians, we have this passage uh, where the Apostle Paul says, Look carefully, look carefully then how you walk or how you live your life. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. In Psalm 90, that psalm that we just read a few moments ago responsively, it wasn't a really touchy feely, nice. Feeling kind of psalm, wasn't it? (laughs) But did you notice the movement in it? It starts first with God. It starts with this sense of eternity. It starts with this idea, Lord, you have been our dwelling place to all generations. Yeah, as Adam says, the sun may burn out someday, but God's not going to burn out. Before the mountains were created, you were God from everlasting to everlasting. So, when you think about what's important in life... Are you someone that really takes the long view? Are, are you thinking about, you know, how does my life fit into my eternal life? And, and, and how is God shaping my life? There was a pastor that went to visit an elderly lady, and he asked her the question, do you believe in the hereafter? And she said, oh, yeah, I go to this room and that room. I was thinking, what, what did I come in hereafter? So... I've been telling that joke for 30-some years, and I'm really beginning to understand it. Do you really believe in the hereafter? I mean, do you? And if you do, then you got to ask the question, what am I here for? I mean, what am I really here for? That's what that psalm is, is saying. The first movement is eternity. Start with God don't start with yourself. Start with God. And then the second part of that movement is, okay, God's eternal from everlasting to everlasting. Who are we? Well, we're limited. We're finite. We're mortal. We got 70 or 80 years, perhaps. But even then, our hours are a lot of span of toil and trouble, and soon they're gone, and we fly away. And so, is there a sense that, you know, I've I've got so many days here. What am I going to do with this precious gift of life? Do I recognize my mortality, my finiteness? The final movement in the psalm then is wisdom. So teach us, God. Teach us to count our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, so we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Let your work be manifest to your servant and your glorious power to their children. Teach us, God, to count our days. How do you do that? There was an elderly guy that uh, was talking to this young guy. And he was saying, you know, when I was 55 years old, I started doing a little bit of math. And I thought, you know, if I live to be 75, the average age of a male in our culture, if I live to be 75 and I'm 55, how many Saturdays do I have left? And he counted, he's got about 1,000 Saturdays left. And so he took a 1,000 marbles and he put those marbles in a jar. And every Saturday, he pulls out one of those marbles. To recognize that He's only got so much time left. And if Saturday's your day that's got more flex time, what are you doing with that Saturday? How are you spending that Saturday? Now, there was a time for 10 years in my life where I was always fixing blueberry pancakes for my kids every Saturday morning. I love that time. Jonathan was back for the holidays. I asked him, Hey, how would you like some blueberry pancakes? Oh, not really, he said. <laughs> I recognize that that time in my life is gone. Now, I still made blueberry pancakes from Susan to me yesterday, uh, and they were good. You only got so much time. What season in life are you in? How are you spending your Saturdays? And so the old guy says, today I'm pulling out my last marble. I'm taking my wife out to dinner. And I realize that whatever time I've got left then, it is borrowed time. You know, the key in life is don't, don't run on your marbles before you accomplish and do and fulfill what you're here for, what you're here for. So this whole idea of simplifying your calendar, I'm not getting in the weeds with you, but I'm trying to take the broad view with you. So let's do that. Let's go back to simplifying our calendar. And you think about quadrant two. I want to I ask you to think about three main categories for a moment. Think about your work life. Um, you may be employed, underemployed, um, unemployed. You may be in school. That's your work life. You may be retired, and you may be giving a lot of your time to work to help other people. But what do you do with your work life? What did you like to do as a kid? What kind of work did you gravitate toward? Are you getting to do that as an adult? What gives you energy? What draws from your passion and your personality and your experience? How do you bless other people with your work? How is that satisfying, not just to you, but to other people? Think about your recreation. What do you do to recreate your energy? What do you do that puts fuel in you? What is it that puts energy in you? What fills your tank? What fills your tank mentally? Do you like to read? Uh, if, even if you don't like to read, you got to read something, right? you got to read something. Or get on YouTube. But what do you do to expand your knowledge and your wisdom and your understanding? What do you do to stretch your muscles? What do you do to expand your spiritual life? What do you do that recreates you and replenishes you and renews you on a continuous basis? What do you do in your relationships? Do you tap onto your phone? Uh, I'm going to be home this night and this night and this night. If I'm a parent, if I have family, are we going to share meals together? Do I honor the time on my calendar with family and relationships, key friends, as much as I do anything else that's on my calendar? How proactive am I about that? So, in thinking in those broad categories, let's just go through a series of questions together. Here's a question, what do I do to stay in love with God? is God on your calendar. I know God's in, in, involved in all of life, but do, do I have God in any of my appointments? Do I have an appointed time where I hang out with God in an intentional way every day? Why or why not? If I'm someone that's really wondering about this Christian life, and I'm wondering about what to do, or whether I really want to engage as a, as a Christ follower, I want to recommend that you participate in basic Christianity. It's a course that's led by Jeff Fugit for four weeks. And and, you know, sometimes we shy away from classes or groups because we're afraid that if we go there, it's going to expose how little we really know. And we don't want to be embarrassed. And that's understandable, that's a human um, fear. But this class is really designed to help kind of overcome that. And and Jeff's gonna lead people that want to grow in their understanding of the Christian faith, that's that's pretty basic, but but important. And that might be the step you want to take. If you're someone that wants to expand your prayer life, I want to encourage you to come to prayer training day this Saturday. It's just one morning on a Saturday morning. I'm not gonna fix your pancakes Saturday morning. I'll, fi- I'll fix your pancakes some other time. But for, for just two and a half hours, you can grow from other people that have a rich prayer life and experience, and they're gonna talk in practical ways how that you can grow in yours. Another question. Um, Is church on my calendar? How many times do you plan to be in worship this year? You don't have to answer that question out loud, but do you know the average Christ follower today is in worship about once every three Sundays? You're a much better than average crowd. But it does point out, you know, there's so many options today. There's so many things that's pulling at us that unless church, unless gathering together with other people of faith in an intentional way, if that's not on our calendar, guess what? It gets squeezed out like anything else. Another question that you might think about in terms of quadrant two is self-care on my calendar. What do I do to strengthen myself? What do I do physically and spiritually and mentally, emotionally? You know, the real broad view of this is a Momentum for Life class that Pastor Jim Mason and Roxanne are going to be leading on Wednesday night, starting this Wednesday night. And for seven weeks, it's great curriculum, it's a great resource, but it takes the long, broad view of how you can have a balanced, holistic approach in your life. And so if you are someone that feels like, you know, my life is kind of out of sorts right now, I don't really have handles on things, that might be the very thing that you want to take and be a part of. Next question. How do I improve my work life? You know, we've talked about this a little bit, but how do I intentionally improve my perspective, my attitude, and my work and my school life? And one of the things I love about going to Chick-fil-A, is that uh, it's cheap. That's a known thing. But another thing is, every time I say thank you to an employee, they always, always say, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure to serve you. That impresses me. So what would happen to you personally if we went to work With that idea it's a pleasure to work it's a pleasure to have this job and i want to bless my my clients or my customers i want to bless my employees if i'm an employer i want to i want to bless my employer if i'm an employee i want to bless my peers my colleagues i want to do what i can do to strengthen and bless people in the workplace what if i went to work with this idea that it's a pleasure for me to be here. Now, if you're someone that honestly is not satisfied with what you do for a living, and you're kind of stuck there, it's okay to be honest about that too. If you're in a job where you're not really able to utilize the ways in which you like to do things as a kid, that it's not drawing upon you your talents, your abilities, it's not challenging you, Then think about how you can improve and how you get from here to there where you want to go. You know, Jobs for Life is one of those things that we're offering at Schweitzer. The next session is a week week away. If you want to be someone that blesses somebody else in developing work skills and job skills because we have employers in this community, we have business people in this community that are looking for people with better skills. Uh, you can be a champion and a mentor in someone else's life for eight weeks and, and, and then beyond if the relationship is, is, is it will develop. Or you may be in this position where you feel like you're stuck in a job and you want to increase your capacity for employment. And you want to increase your job skills and your life skills and, and grow as a disciple of Jesus. Jobs for life is for you. Next question, is fun on my calendar. What do I like to do for fun? You know, I saw on Facebook that there were four young adults, two of them I knew, that jumped into the Finley River for New Year's Eve. Um, if that's fun for you, go, go for it. Uh, personally, you know, one of my goals this year is to play more golf, uh, is to do some things that emotionally are things that fill my tank. It's okay to have fun. You know, if you're the kind of person that's an A-type personality that tends to be highly motivated and accomplishing things in life, you can be overextended, overwhelmed, and you can't justify just having fun. Um, I identify with that. I'm going to have more fun this year. Last, last night, we played games as a family, and, and I won, and I was having fun. I'm competitive, and I own it. Uh, What is it that fills your tank? What is it that's fun for you? Another question. uh, Are the people that are most important to you prioritized on your calendar? We touched on this a little bit earlier, but do they know it? Do, Do they get the leftovers from you? Do you honor the commitments that are on that calendar? about the people that are most important to you, as much or more than any other commitment? What do you do in building relationships, quality time and quantity time? Um, how does that get lived out for you? What season of life are you in right now? How are you gonna spend that, that time? And then another question, what do I need to say no to in order to say yes to what's most important. Um, What are the things that I'm doing now that are, I guess, urgent but not really important, or not important and not urgent at all? What's eating away my time? What's taking away my energy? Am I serving on boards or committees, or am I doing things in organizations that once maybe tripped my trigger or once I thought was important, but really isn't that important at all? When I get done with a project, am I the kind of person who's always got to add on another project? Can I create margin in my life? Um, Can I say no to things that are secondary so I can say yes to what's primary and what's God-honoring and what's more of eternal significance? Can I just say no to some things? What's on my stop-doing list? anyway. You know, one of the things that's important to reduce is debt. Uh, Many of us live under the shadow of death, of debt. Uh, Death is debt. Now, if you're a financial whiz and you can make debt work in your favor, go for it. That doesn't define many of us. Um, Financial Peace University is something that we offer here once a year. We're offering it again in a few weeks. And uh, to reduce stress, to reduce debt, to reduce the load is part of the ways in which we can simplify our calendars as well as our debt. So you may want to be proactive in being a part of Financial Peace University for a number of weeks, eight or ten weeks, in the long run, it minimizes the stress that you have in life. Now, I've been talking about a lot of things this morning. And if you're counting, I've talked about five different things you might be a part of. And you might be saying, Bob, I thought this was about simplifying your life. That's, that's a good observation. Let me encourage you, as you look in your bulletin and you look at those five things I've talked about, consider just choosing one. Don't choose all of them. But is there one of those things that would help you to be proactive, that would refuel you, that would recreate you, that would replenish you, that would help you to get a grip of your relationship with God and bless you to bless other people? Feel free to choose one. And when the offering bag is passed in a few moments... You can take that tear-off slip and you can mark that if that fits you. And if it doesn't fit you, that's cool. But here, here's one of the most important things I want to say today. Bill Hybels is a, a very successful pastor of a very, very large mega church, and is an author of something like 20 books. He's accomplished a lot in life. But he said something recently that really struck a chord with me when he said, you know, the most important thing in my life is not what I accomplish, but the kind of a person I'm becoming. That's really what's important. So in all the things that I'm doing in life and accomplishing, what kind of a person am I becoming? Am I becoming more loving? Am I becoming more fun to hang around with? Am I becoming more like Jesus? Am I the kind of person that I want to hang out with the rest of my life or eternity with? What kind of a person am I becoming? So ask yourself, as you simplify your calendar, what must I do to become a better person? What do I need to stop doing And helping me to do that? I'm going to offer a, a prayer in just a moment, and uh, I want to encourage everyone at Renovate also to participate in this, but following the prayer, I want to invite you that if you've not done so already or if you want to finish that up is look at quadrant two, the enlarged quadrant at the bottom of the page. Uh, What do you want to be able to accomplish this year in terms of making you a better you, in fulfilling the purposes of God in your life, What do you want to say yes to? And also feel free to mark some things in the bottom tiers of things that are not that important that you want to stop doing. I'm just going to give you a few moments to do that right after we pray. Let's pray together. God, you are the everlasting God. There was never a time when you did not exist. There was never a time where you will not exist. Continue to exist. Uh, Thank you, God, for taking the time to create us and wanting us to be in a relationship with you. Thank you for the gift of life. God, we confess to you that life is hard sometimes. Sometimes we mess up. Sometimes we just feel out of control. It's too complicated. And I pray that you would give us uh, a few moments here where we can really listen to you and uh, shape our thoughts our thinking help us to think what we want to do what you want us to do this coming year that blesses you that blesses other people that help us to understand what we're here for help us god to simplify our calendar help us god to simplify our life in the name of jesus we pray amen